0: hello and welcome to episode 189 of dancing in the discomfort zone podcast we are doing the capoeira today which is a mix of dance and martial arts that was practiced by slaves back i believe in brazil so they could keep their fighting skills strong but not show their masters that they were practicing their fighting skills really has nothing to do with what we're talking about today other than I'm welcoming Phil Dunlap who is a mixed martial arts world champion he's got all kinds of uh r- decorations but and I thought that I was bringing Phil on to talk to us about being a vegan athlete to give us a different perspective on nutrition and needing protein as an athlete etc but this conversation very quickly and for me very happily evolved into embracing discomfort and embracing obstacles and dealing with obstacles and challenges in our lives. Phil had some amazing insights, so listen in for some crazy stories, some really fun insights on how to deal with discomfort, how to reach your goals, and how to not give up on your goals when stuff gets hard. So enjoy this episode of Dancing in the Discomfort Zone. Thanks for joining us. All right, we are dancing in the discomfort zone today with Phil Dunlap down in Lexington, Virginia, my old stomping grounds. How are you, Phil?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. I think this is going to be a fun conversation and and really interesting, too. You are a professional Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. Is MMA or BJJ or both?
1: I I started out as a kickboxer for years. I had my first uh, pro fight in Burma at 15 years old. And uh, I kickboxed all around the world. Uh, Burma, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Japan, China. Mm. You know, it took me to all sorts of places. And then as I got older, I had broken my neck at 26. I came back at 37. I fought from 37 to almost 44, mostly mixed martial arts and kickboxing, a few big grappling events. Then I got cancer in my late 40s. And when I got my health back in my 50s, I just, I I can't take the head trauma for fighting anymore. So I just do uh, grappling events and Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments. I just did a pro show two weeks ago, and I've got another one coming up in three weeks.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. And the reason oh, that you. I, the reason that I have you here is because you're a vegan athlete, and you have been the whole, whole time. Life. Right. I,
1: I was. I've I got to be honest with you. About four to five years when I was overseas, I did experiment with eating meat, but mm. it never really agreed with me. I was one of these people. I, people always ask me how I did it okay it wasn't a matter of how i did it my diet just developed over the course of time i grew up vegan so i never like i was the only kid in the world that didn't like candy you couldn't pay me to eat ice cream
0: oh wow
1: anything thick and creamy for some reason the texture i don't even like okay OK, so for me, like my idea of a treat, even to this day, is I've got some issues with my pancreas from uh, the cancer. So I have to be careful with carbs. But like, you know, I'm going to pig out and I'm willing to pay the price afterwards. Dried fruit. That's <laughs> you my crazy, idea of,
0: crazy man. <laughs> yeah, that's my
1: idea of junk food. But I'm also one of those people that like to me, food is just fuel and it's, it's like, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, you know, I, I'm kind of the anti-vegan vegan. I've actually done a couple shows where people brought me on because I have I have a general, I'm one of those people. I do me, you do you, okay? You know, whatever my eating habits, I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't eat animals, okay? Like, you know, my, my whole family, like, I barbecue meat for my family. I like to bar- I love the smell of it, okay? But you couldn't pay me to eat it you know i just you know it's just crazy but like i tell people like you know you do you i do me okay i'm not going to tell you that like you know oh it's awful that you're eating a chicken like you know, not even want chicken eat chicken you know so people ask me i get guys asking me especially fighters oh should i go vegan because like one of the things that's bizarre is every time somebody meets me and they find out i'm vegan i'm walking around about two i've lost about 20 pounds since covid and it's been muscle Okay, I, I basically stopped lifting and I stopped eating like it was my job. Mm. So the idea is, you know, I, I end up pulling weight, but I, I like people always say like, you know, you can't be vegan, you're too strong. Okay, you know, there's a science to eating right, just like anything else. And it's much more difficult if you're vegan. So I'm always telling people, don't go vegan. Number one, it's too expensive. Number two, it's too difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're not going to do it right, like I see so many people, like you know, telling you, oh, you have to go vegan, blah 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 blah. And you look at them, and the only way for me to describe it is like they're a fat, skinny person, mm-hmm. they, they have no muscle tissue in their body, mm-hmm. they're overweight. They're pasty. You, what, you want me to kill myself? Like you're killing yourself? You know, <laughs> you, it, it's kind of they have no concept of how to get the nutrients. They're not getting by not eating meat. So it's kind of like you got me on one of my my my, my pet subjects. You, <laughs> yeah, I, I gave
0: you a soapbox. I'm like, here you go, yeah, here you, go. Yeah. you go, Phil.
1: No, no, but but honestly, for me, it's just it's just a a, a food is fuel thing. I'll be honest with you. Um, up until I was 19, I fought at 147. Then I fought at 163. And then at uh, 44, I was still 170 pounds. But what was funny is I realized now that I handcuffed myself. I was like, primarily like everybody used to joke, I was a fruit and I just ate a lot of fruit oh. and some really, really junky at the time vegan protein supplements. It was really hard back in the day to get extra protein as a vegan. It was like, you know, I can remember back in the day, it was kind of like when I was in my 20s, there was, they had ground up meat protein. You know, they hadn't even come up with the milk and egg yet, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then as a protein, as, as the supplement uh, business evolved, it became easier and easier for different people to to get things that they needed that they weren't getting from their food. So uh, that's one thing that developed for me. And the other thing was because of, uh, because of the damage to my pancreas, I can't process carbs like I used to. So I had to change my diet plan and I went to a nut-based diet. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and this is what I why I wanted to bring you on because as we dance in the discomfort zone and do something that's a little bit outside of what people say you need to do, how do you recommend people deal with that, right? I'm all about do you, and you are as well, Okay. How do we, when people are giving us all these messages that it's what, not the right direction?
1: Well, the first thing I always tell people is, what opinions matter to you? Okay, like between you and I, my wife's opinion matters to me. Mm. I love her, I trust her, and I I, I trust her implicitly because I know she's got my best interest at heart. Okay, she's best. all. She only time she ever sets her foot down is when I'm about to do something really stupid that I may not recover from. So is this
0: Uh, this once a week or twice a week?
1: (laughs) Every day, multiple times. (laughs) I I always joke around, if you want to get me to do something, tell me I can't. Mm. Okay, I'm 59 years old. I'm still competing at professional grappling shows. What what are you trying to prove? When are you going to hang it up? Okay, and it's kind of like, I love doing it. I love training. I compete because I train. I love training. I'm never going to give training up. Chances are they're going to wheel me down in a wheelchair down a mat, dump me on a mat, and I'm going to compete. Okay? (laughs) You know, I'm just going to wiggle across the floor and grab something. But it's like I, I joke around all the time. You know, one of the things I really learned from thinking I was going to die is the idea of what do you have in life? In my mind, I've got three things. I've got my family. I will do anything for my family. Okay. Next up, I've got my memories. And I'll be honest with you, I've been very fortunate. I've done things, most people would, and been places, most people wouldn't even dream of. Okay? And the third thing, the lives other than you that you impact. Because when I die, nothing about me exists anymore. Or at least that's my personal philosophy. So the only people that even know I existed are the people I had contact with. And it's kind of like, when I, when I got my health back, I started to teach for free in Vegas, okay? That way I was, in, you know, it was like, if I worked at a soup kitchen, I hate washing, dish, washing dishes, and if I cook for you, you're taking your life in your hands. okay? <laughs> so it, it's one of those things that at least I could do something I was good at and I enjoyed doing and help others. okay? I started to, I started to water ski again, windsurf, do all the things I used to do when I was younger, because I'm like, why well, be alive? I got a second chance, why be alive if I'm not going to enjoy every minute of it? And I started competing again. So like I tell people, I kind of look at everything from that perspective. 85 acres in Virginia for a family compound is tangible. That goes along with my life goals. Mm -hmm. Okay, building a school, goes along with my life goals. Okay, running my business goes along with my life goals, Girls, which always go back to those three things. Okay, and the idea is like, I always tell people, there's people in your lives that matter. Maybe maybe, maybe your mother has always told you like you know, oh, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Okay, then realize, yes, you love your mother, but she's not the best source of encouragement for expanding your life okay some people are anti-taking risks most people are anti-taking risks don't go into things for money go into things because you enjoy it okay and if you enjoy it like you know and i I gotta i'm one of those people i don't care whether you're a a a garbage man a waiter whatever you do Mm -hmm. do it with a little bit of passion when you're there but i try to do everything i do when i work i work when I play, I pop. Mm-hmm. Okay, I try to be 100% wherever I am. That way I leave nothing behind. I experience that full moment.
0: So question for you, you know, without having a near-death experience like cancer or something like Mm -hmm. that, how do you recommend people get that focus? Because so many people right now, after COVID, are saying, okay, what do I want to take out of this pandemic? And what do I want to leave in the past and not?
1: Okay, the first thing, and, and, and like, you know, I'm on social media, I have a school, so I promote my school on social media. And it amazes me how awful everything is everything is horrible. everything is unfixable okay first thing i try to tell people is think to yourself what do you want Mm. what do you really want in life life is simple okay i got a roof over my head i got food in my belly and i got my family everything else is phones okay you got to look at it this way i've been places like in, in burma i've been places where they were killing monks okay a buddhist country where they're killing monks that's when it gets pretty bad (laughs) <laughs> okay, so what like, they try to tell people, you know, that's life. Life look like, life isn't fair. Okay, life was never fair from the day you're born. Some people are athletic, some people are good looking, some people are smart, and some people got the cesspool of genetics. Okay, they missed on all levels. Hey, life isn't fair from the moment you're born to the moment you die. And what like, the government's not gonna rescue you, nobody's gonna, gonna rescue you. Yes, in, in a perfect world, somebody might. Put you in a a, a silk sheets and feed you 24-7 peeled grapes and have a fan on you all day. How
0: do I get on that plan? (laughs) I
1: know. But but what I'm saying is in a perfect world, maybe that's what you envision. The world ain't perfect. Nobody's coming to your rescue. So what you need to do is I'm a big one on make plans. Okay. I make a plan. Then I stick to the plan. But I adjust the plan as I hit new obstacles. Yes. Okay. Without a plan, you have nothing. Right. There's nothing to aim for. You know, it was like, I always tell people, like, I was talking to somebody about this last night and I really liked her attitude. She's somebody, uh, she's a medical student. Okay. And what's funny, she came in to check the class out for her niece who's about to go to college. Okay. And she's fallen in love with it. She's, She's here all the time. And she was saying saying to me last night, I've never heard her talk about belts or anything like this. And at BJJ, a black belt is like a a 10, 12, 14-year experience. It's not like your local karate school where you can get one in two or three years. It's it's very performance-based. If you're going to be a black belt in in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you're going to be tapping like people 50 pounds heavier than you out pretty much as well. Okay, so it's one of those things where it's very performance-based. There are no shortcuts. That's why there's so few of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things I, I, I was talking when She said, yes, I'd love to get my black belt, but, and then she went off on this whole tangent, and I said, you've got the right attitude. You just want to train. You just want to get better. She grabs me after every class. Now, now I'll weigh her by 70 pounds. There's nothing she can do to me, but she grabs me after every class. It's says, Torture. Because she realizes, and we were actually talking about the idea of a lot of grappling is learning to be comfortable in extremely uncomfortable positions. Half the times you're struggling just to breathe.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Half the times you've got an elbow on your neck. Half the times you've got somebody's knee on your stomach. Okay. So it's it's extremely. Extremely uncomfortable, and like I was telling, I was telling her, she's the type of person, the person that comes in and thinks I could be great at this, always turns out to be, uh, almost always a quitter. And what I mean by that is, as soon as they hit those first obstacles, there's actually an old joke in BJJ. The first belt is a blue belt. If you want to get rid of a student, the easiest way to do it is giving this blue belt. It's your first real accomplishment. Most people leave after their first real accomplishment. Uh. Takes you about a year to two years to get a blue belt. And you don't know how many people you give a blue belt to, you see them once or twice, and that's it. You'd think it was a black belt. Mm. Okay, but, but honestly, that's the nature, that's the nature of people in general. But there's people that they'll try something outside their comfort zone and they'll fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts there is to go someplace and find something that's, that's you, okay? Like this girl never knew she had this in her, okay? There's so many people that I see come in that they don't realize it's in there. Right. It's who they are.
0: Well, and the, and the only way you're going to find that out is by trying new things, doing stuff, getting the blue belt and saying, all right, that was fun. What's next?
1: Right. right? In yeah.
0: Or I love it. I'm staying. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, whatever it is, like you know, if you've always thought of water skiing. What's the worst that's going to happen? You fall on your face. Now, you, you might not, hell, you know, you're going to fall even if you're good. Right. I would go water skiing. I fall all the time because yeah. I always try to do dumb stuff. But it, it's like I, I, I try to tell people, like you don't, like you wouldn't know it talking to me. But I'm a hermit. A hermit. A hermit. Now, well,
0: you I'm, live I'm, in southern Virginia, central Virginia, so you have to be.
1: <laughs> no, but, 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 but what's actually what's actually kind of funny is I'm one of those people. I know a lot of people, but I have a tendency to spend a lot of time by myself. Mm. Okay, and it's one of those things because it takes a lot of energy for me to be like a people person, to be a public speaker, to be in front of a room. It it takes a toll that most people don't see. It's outside my normal comfort zone. I'm the guy who would prefer to sit in the corner of a party and watch people. Okay, so like a lot of times, a lot of times what I do for a living, you know, even teaching, Doing seminars, it's it's draining for me because it's not my, my natural thing. is not to be the upfront person. It's mm. to be the person that blends into the, into the scenery. And so it, it, it's a weird experience, but I always push myself to do it because I find that I grow so much personal. Listen, I'm the safest guy in the world to mess with. In other words, I'm not going to get upset unless I'm in danger. I'm not in danger. Yeah, so it's right. kind of like, yeah, I'm going to beat you up. Okay, you know, uh, welcome to my, you know, it's kind of like, I always, I always say, like, when somebody threatens me, it's like, oh, oh, wait, wait, the one thing I feel like I'm actually good at, you're going to give me an opportunity to do it. thanks. Woo-hoo! <laughs> and and the, other, the other thing is, wait, 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 I got a whole room full of people that can fight, I want to go fight with them, not you. Yeah, <laughs> this is not going to be fun for me. <laughs> you, you keep fighting you way out of a paper bag, why am I wasting my time? It's like we we were joking around one time at an event. It was a high level event. One of my guys was with me and we were coaching one of the other guys. And we'd been at a grappling tournament that afternoon. And then we were at professional mixed martial arts fight that night. Now all sorts of big names were in a locker room. Before at the grappling event, he was a big guy, all jacked up, lots of tats. And like we were at the we we were at the uh, grappling event. And I know this is gonna be everybody walking by because he was so big and muscular, it was kind of eye fucking. Kick your ass. I'll kick your You know, in the <laughs> and it's, it, 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 it's kind of like, you know, like we're, we're driving down to Trenton for the fights, and he's going, man, I've never seen so many assholes in my whole my whole life. And they go, that's because they're not real fighters. Mm. Okay. You know, they're doing grappling terms. So let, let, yeah. let me, let me, I have, I draw the line on fighting. Now, I've got 119 professional fights. I don't call it a fight unless I got hit. Unless, unless you. Uh, unless hitting is involved. Oh, got it. MMA kickboxing. I've probably got put it this way, since I'm 50, since I turned 53, I've got over 250 grappling matches. They're aggressive cuddling.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's right. true. It, was, it seems like you're hugging you the ground, all the time.
1: And I'm gonna squeeze you, and at some point, somebody might say, Man, that was way too much loving for me. I give up. Okay, and I know that's um it, it's my way, yeah, it's my way of saying you're not gonna get killed in a grappling match. You know, fine. You can hit hard enough brain damage, okay? And that's that's what I try to say. It's not, in my mind, it's not really fighting. But it's that whole idea. We get down to the fights and we're backstage. And he goes, man, everybody's so chill. And I look at him and I go, man, Steve, listen to me. There's one question, okay? You walk up to one of them and say, can you beat him up? The answer is going to be, how much? (laughs) Yeah okay of course i think i'm a fighter of course i think i can win okay and then um it's kind of like the real question to them is how much are you going to pay me to go to work because i can be up for free yeah. okay and that that you know that's what people don't understand like you know they everybody thinks everybody thinks like, and that's one of the things that when they come to a class they find so interesting they're expecting a bunch of tatted up tough guys. Okay. And then they hear stories like, you know, guys, I, you know, I, I, I have fags and horns and stuff. Okay. I did not know that, but everybody's always surprised they know. Okay.
0: Well, and here's the difference though, right? It's doing the fight with the emotion versus doing the sport with the intelligence, and, and if we can live our lives that way too, it becomes a completely I, different game.
1: I always say that fighting sports are a microcosm for life. Mm. Okay, all the lessons you learn in a gym. Okay, now, now remember one of, the thi- one of the primary lessons I try to get across, and one of my greatest disappointments as a teacher is that people, the people who come in and only want to pay attention to attention to punching somebody in the face or choking. Mm. They don't learn any of the other lessons imparted through training. Mm. It's almost as if they're adverse to learning. But like I try to tell people, take a look at something. We're in a soul sport. I walk down to a cage. They shut the cage and I'm locked in with a guy who wants to stomp a mud hole in my head. Okay, so think to yourself, that's a lonely place, but at the same time, we're only as good as our team. If I don't have a good teammate, Teammates to help me train. If I don't have a good corner in my corner, it's even more alone. Mm. So the idea is, we're actually in a solo sport that's based on having a strong and thriving team environment, and and it's kind of like in life. In other words, you're not going to be successful unless you surround yourself with people that have a similar goal. That when you struggle, as a coach, I always say, I'm not here to do it for you. I, I draw the roadmap. your your job is to walk the path. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I see it a lot in fighting with the Conor McGregor wannabes. Okay, now Conor McGregor is a guy who was a good fighter. Then he started talking a lot of crap, marketed himself, and became very monetized because of his mouth and his fighting ability. The problem is I see a lot of people nowadays without the fighting ability, Mm. Trying to mound their race.
0: He could back it up. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It's like Muhammad Ali wouldn't have been Muhammad Ali if he was a great fighter. He'd have been a dumb shit talker. Yeah. And I, I try to tell people that, like, you know, like I'm the worst shit talker in the world. Uh, my, my opponent's going to be my toughest fight ever. Uh, it's just not my nature and I don't want to do it. Okay. And, and, and it's like, I'm also one of those guys who can't get in my head. Like, you know, you're sitting there mean mugging me, and it's kind of like, did you you know doing a grappling match? Did you want to punch me? Yeah. <laughs> I actually had I actually had the kid so upset at the way it's one time he was mean mugging me and I'm like, come on, I know you want to hit me. Come on, hit me. And and all of a sudden he starts to giggle. He goes, Stop, I'm trying to look tough. <laughs> what to to mean look, right now? He was trying to look tough for the picture. Okay. And I just can't help myself. It's kind of like I find the whole thing humorous. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, yeah, I always went back to fight. I wouldn't have
0: signed up if I was afraid. Right. Well, and how do you do that though? How do you separate that emotion out of it? Because I kind of dated a BJJ guy who would study it so much study it, study it, study it. And we would watch and he would explain what was going on. And there was no emotion. In it. And if I, we can take that out, we can think so much more clearly through any decision that we have to make.
1: Fear. I, I always use the acronym false evidence appearing real.
0: False evidence appearing real.
1: That's the acronym I always really liked for fear. Now, mm. remember, I'm one of those people, I may not be educated, but I study a lot of things. I study a lot of things that appeal to me. And I'll be honest with you, I come from a really weird background. Like my my dad was a bad guy, my mom was crazy, and my grandfather basically raised me and taught me martial arts. I never knew fear, okay? I never never really had that panic emotion, okay? So it's almost like missing in me. You can stick a gun to my face. And my brain is actually processing. Since you haven't shot me, you don't want to. Mm. Okay, because if you're planning on shooting me, I don't really get it.
0: I'm still here. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Right. Now, I have been shot. I have been stabbed. Like I said, I wasn't always a good guy. But like I try to tell people, you know, fear will hinder you. Okay, no matter how bad it is. Like if I throw a punch in your face, okay, if you close your eyes, that's fear. You just got hit Okay, if you keep your eyes open, your hands up, you don't get hit. Okay, so running from something doesn't, like I always call it the ostrich in the sand defense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to close my eyes and make believe the punch isn't about to hit me in the face. But it, it, honestly, it, it's something I see people do in all walks of life. They mm-hmm. give in, they give in to every fear, every challenge. Like if you don't like your job, look for a new one. Yeah. If if, if things aren't going well with your spouse, work on it or leave. Okay? Like, I I don't understand all of this, you know, people like, woe is me stuff. If you don't like shit, the only thing, the only person who's going to change anything is you.
0: Yeah. And I think... and I think a lot of people wait for it to be comfortable too, or wait for it to be less scary, and they wait for it to be, you know.
1: If you wait, if you wait, though, nothing ever changes. It's like right. people. Should I come? Should I come to class when I get in shape? You're never gonna get in shape. So you might come to <laughs> class. If right. you come to class, you'll get in shape. If you don't, we'll never see you. Yeah. Okay. But everybody waits until everybody procrastinates and puts off till tomorrow what mm. can be done today yeah okay and, and like I find myself doing that sometimes with work projects and other things and I try to correct myself and say no do it now I have I have 10 minutes now I'm going to do that now I'm going to get it out of the way and then suddenly I'm involved in something and I actually a lot of times I go into something like I'm one of those people like you have to drag me out of the house sometimes to go to social events
0: Hermit. Oh, okay, yep. yes.
1: <laughs> okay. And, and it boils down to like we my wife and I have a saying. Which limb? I just went out, I went out to- Did you uh,
0: say which limb?
1: Yes. And I'll, okay. explain, I'll explain that in a minute. No, I just, okay. went out, I just uh, May 7th, I competed in Vegas, but the week before that, I was doing seminars in Utah, the Vegas area. Okay. So I'm away from home for a week. And I love my bed. I got one of the vibrating beds- Ooh. I, lo- I love no
0: I wonder my dad. you're a hermit.
1: <laughs> my, 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 my dad is my side chick. <laughs> but it, it, it's one of those adjustable. Like I get I fall in love with stupid things. I didn't use a vibration. I didn't use a vibration for a year. Now I can't sleep without it. <laughs> but what's what's funny is, you know, for me, for me, it comes, Now, this is something I love to do. I'm sitting there the night before the flight. Like, if I cut my arm off and take a picture, will that be a good enough excuse for not coming? Every time I travel, it's like that. If I cut my foot off, will they, like, you know, will that be acceptable? Will they accept the excuse? (laughs) (laughs) But I do it anyway.
0: Yeah. Great. You really had a plan and then you evolved it as you developed and as you went through life and things also, changed.
1: As, as, you know, are you the same person you were 10 years ago? Yesterday, no. That's what, that, you know, that's what I mean. In other words, yeah. As we evolve and grow, our outlook, you know, you know, in other words, how do I phrase this? I, I always say that saying, I wish I knew that. What yeah. I know now yeah. is, is a saying that, like, you know, it is something that is so true because, like, you know, I've learned so many lessons. I, I, I'm a completely different person mm-hmm. than, like, I like to think back in New York, I was a good person. Everybody said I was. Okay. I helped people out. Half my, half my fighters were in scholarship, but I've evolved from there because of everything I've been through. And, like, I try to tell people. That's, that's the process of life you know it, it, when we're kids, we, like, I can remember being 20 thinking I had all the answers and I was going to fix the world. okay At 40 I start to realize I don't know shit. okay <laughs> At almost 60 years old, I realized I ain't doing nothing with the world other than surviving it. Okay, and and it's one of the things that I and I I bring this up a lot because it was something that I found fascinating. Uh, Probably 15 years ago, I was seeing them do Man in the Street interviews on if you know so and so, and they went through different athletes: Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth, everybody knew. Then they went through some actors and actresses; most people knew them. Okay, then they went over some presidents. Okay, I got to give people credit: Washington and Lincoln. Everybody seemed to know. Herbert Hoover, there was a lot of strange looks. Okay, then they brought up Jonas Salk. Okay, now the man cured polio, saved millions and millions of lives. Of the 10 people they asked, not one knew who Jonas Salk is. Of all the people, of all the people mentioned, it had the greatest impact on humanity and a generation later, Not a single person they talked to on a New York street even knew who it was. Okay, and I I find that's that's one of the things when you really look at yourself. People take themselves so seriously. Mm, If I say, okay, and, and I said this to somebody, they can never take away what you do. Okay, you win a world championship. Okay, hey, I won it. Yeah, you may think I suck. Hey, I may suck, but on that day I wasn't. <laughs> on that day, okay. right? But like, 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 I try to help people. Nobody can take your accomplishments away, but they're honestly kind of meaningless, other than to you, yeah. okay? Because you, you're never, you're never as good as your fans say you are, mm. and you're never as bad as your critics say you are. Yeah, right. Okay, you're. Oh, it, it's kind of like you and I have an argument. Okay, this is going to be your version. This is mm-hmm. going to be my version. And it's going to be what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be somewhere in between the two because we come into every situation with our own preconceived notions. Now, we were talking about like discomfort and facing discomfort. And I think one of the things that you really need to do is train yourself. I'm, I'm at the, everybody builds walls around themselves. Okay, now I'm, I'm up against the wall. I'm going to take one step outside. I, I say make it like alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not gonna to drink today
0: today, yep
1: right. today I'm gonna to step one step outside my box and see how I feel
0: and and I love that and that's one of the things is that the last question I was gonna ask you is thinking about getting over that speed bump, right? You're in your plan, you get to that hard spot. So many people quit. What's your recommendation for? getting over that
1: well my initial impulse to say double down mm. but double down after plan analysis yeah okay what i mean by that is is the plan faulty or am i not following the plan properly i love it and if the plan is faulty how do i adjust the plan to get where i want to be
0: because we abandon giving up does not mean we abandon our judgment
1: Right. So the idea is you may have you may have a plan, but COVID, you may have been planning on opening a restaurant. COVID (laughs) happened. Right. Now that was a nuclear bomb on your plan. I really can't say your plan was a bad plan because it was a once once in a lifetime, once in a multi-lifetime experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now go back and figure out, was it really COVID or was it a bad business plan? Were you were you living month to month? Before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't living month to month, so your business plan was good. So it was an irregular circumstance. Now, how do you how do you adjust to the repercussions? Like I always tell people, like we we've done it in the finance business as as and I've been very fortunate, I shouldn't say, like once again, Ukraine. Okay, COVID dies down, business picks up because government sending stuff to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's kind of like. There's always there's always something that somebody else is going to view as an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do you turn that obstacle into an adv- advantage? Okay, it's kind of like if it, somebody built a wall. Okay, Trump building a wall. Now let's say I'm a Mexican illegal alien. You build a wall, I'm going to double down. Why? Because if you built a wall. Something behind that damn wall. I want. Yeah, Must right. be, otherwise, why the hell did you build the damn wall? I'm going to you know? get a shovel, <laughs> right? But yeah. like, like I try to tell people, you know, obstacles thin to herd. Do you want to be a sheeple, or do you want to be a person? Okay, sheeple, when other people tell them they can't, they agree. And I always tell people there's two type of people in the world. Everybody's got dreams. You and I both have dreams. People I don't know have dreams. Most people wake up and give up on their dreams. Okay, a lot of people or a lot of people that are successful wake up and say, I'm gonna do that. And then they put, they put in motion things that help them get there. In other words, like, you know, and and it boils down to like, you know, even impulse buys. Like if you're saving for a house, you don't need that 72 inch TV. You're saving money for a down payment on a house. Now, you've got to remember, which is more important, a nice house or 72-inch TV. Now, between you and I, I'm not sure I noticed the difference between a 72 and a 54. They're both big-ass TVs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so, so, so it's kind of like the idea is like, you know, every time you're going to do something, something counterproductive by impulse, think to yourself, does it fit my overall goal? Mm -hmm. Like if if you want to be a fighter and I I always do it to the analogy and I always got a kick out of this Friday nights and Saturday morning classes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially in Vegas. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. It was my, I call them my civilians. Yep. The guy who's training just because he likes to train. He's maybe got two kids and a job Fridays and Saturdays are actually pretty convenient for him to come in. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. The fighters, what are they doing? Uh, They're out in a bar. They don't come Friday night because they're out. They don't come Saturday because they're hungover. (laughs) Okay, and like like I try to tell people, is that your goal? Was your goal to go out and get drunk? Okay, or was your goal to to, to win a title and be a fighter? Yeah. Okay, and and, and every time I lose, I spent, you know, training is a perfect example. I spent my formative years tapping the mats like a goddamn bongo drum. My grandfather beat my ass relentlessly and showed no mercy. As a coach, I'm a tough love coach. Okay, I torture you. Okay, the more I like you, the harder I am on you. Like I, I give positive reinforcement, but like physically, you know, hey, if, if I like you, I'm, yeah, I have a job. First, you come in and you tell me I want to fight. That is a dumb fucking idea. Why? Why do you want to fight? Why do you want to make an appointment for Saturday night to get in the cage? Possibly embarrass yourself in front of everybody you know and people on the internet. Okay, then you keep insisting you want to do this really stupid thing. My next job is to convince you you don't want to do this stupid thing by showing you how ugly this stupid thing can get. Now, I'm not going to hurt you in class, but I'm mean, going to make you wish you were dead. <laughs> okay. Then if you're still so stupid that you want to do this, my job is to make you sure you're 100% prepared when you do it.
0: Ready. Yes. Okay. And
1: don't, don't laugh. You don't know how many Why? My first question is always, why? Like I had a 48-year-old woman who, uh, she was my, my massage therapist for years. She helped me get, she was an ART technician and she helped me get through the broken back. She was a friend and lover like a sister. Okay. And she'd be the first to tell you, she's strange. Her fighting nickname was Rain Man. Because she can tell you from 10 years ago the day she met you, the date, day of the week, and the weather. Wow. I don't, I don't ever distrust her memory. I used to go back in a computer. I'd say, When was Brendan? And she'd tell me the date and the weather. And I'd look it up, I'd look it up on a computer. Yeah, he was in it was the last time she always knew it, but it was kind of funny uh, she had been attacked years earlier and uh, she was at, she was an alternate on an olympic team in a marathon mm. and she was on a training run and this big guy 270 pounds dragged her in the woods and attacked, attacked her she gri- crawled out of the woods to get help Rang the doorbell she's 105 pounds and she was one of the first female marines to see combat in, in grenada but she's the first to tell you. Well, yeah, it was combat, but it was grenade. Yeah. you know, it wasn't like she was like in Japan during World War II or something. But um, she um, she crossed her house rings to door, about the cops come. He's laying in the woods. She she shredded his testicles. She's got the strongest hands of anybody you know. Now he's in he's in prison for seventeen years, and she's become an ultra woman she runs mm. like 350 mile races she's got a, a world record for 24 hours on the treadmill all sorts of wacky stuff but it is kind of funny she comes in one day the guy died of AIDS I guess he got raped in prison and got AIDS which, which I'm cool with Karma. But, she, but she's like two days later she comes in and it was the funniest thing now, remember, this is a woman I've known for 20 some years I know her husband I know her kids she's staring at my feet Phil I, I gotta ask you a question I gotta ask you a question Okay, Jody, it's traditional, just spit it out. (laughs) Well, I I, I talked to Norm, that was her husband, and and, and, and he thinks I should do it. He really thinks I should do it. I don't know if I should do it, but I want to know what you have to say. Yeah, Jody, you should fight. And she goes, really? She goes, because the guys fight, I wanted to know if I could fight. So at 48 years old, she had the first amateur fight. Uh, She had seven amateur fights, went pro at 53 and she ended up losing her two pro fights it's really hard to get a 50 year old a pro fight so she had a fight to the number four girl in the world and a number seven girl in the world and she gave a good accounting of herself in both fights uh-huh. and it wasn't about building a career but like i said to her why and she goes because i want to fight good answer If you told me you wanted to be a pro hey That boat sailed past you 20 years ago. Okay. But it's kind of like, you know, that's what I try to tell people, you know, is make your goals realistic. Mm, Yeah. Okay. But set goals. Okay. Okay. It drives me nuts when I hear people are so unhappy.
0: Yeah. And you got to enjoy the process, right?
1: Oh, like I always tell people, you're not going to get a black belt in Mm Jiu-Jitsu unless you love training. Like I always try to tell people, I teach because I train like I opened a school in Lexington, I wasn't sure I was going there, okay, but I was having to drive an hour and 15 minutes just to train. I can't justify two hours at night and then two hours to train as four hours a day. So I ended up opening something close to home and I'm going to put something on my property set. So it's kind of like I won't even have to leave the property. And like I try to tell people, you, you need to set goals, but the minute you're not happy, Look at why you're not happy. Reassess. Fix
0: it. Yes. Okay.
1: You know just Listen, life is short. If you're not happy with your wife, listen. If I'm not happy with my wife, chances are she's not happy with me. Okay. Come to a resolution, and look words, either. You know, I don't care whether you go for marriage counseling. I don't care what you do but try to fix the problem. It's like everything in life is, and this is one of the problems I see with a lot of people. Their relationships fall apart, their careers fall apart, they join a gym and they don't go because they have no commitment to their actual goals. Life is work.
0: Or they don't even know what their goals are.
1: Right, and life Mm. is work. If you want a good relationship, yeah, yeah. You know, your wife likes to do certain things. Do them with her, okay? Yeah. You never know. Like, you know, the stuff that I never thought I'd like to do. Like when she said she wanted to get chickens, I'm like, oh, chicken? <laughs> hey, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of chill with the idea. I joke around. We got the chicken ranch. <laughs> actually, it was a place in Peru. <laughs> but it's kind of like when you said chicken ranch, you know, I was thinking yeah. something else. I
0: love it. Well, that is a great place for us to, to stop, but build those goals, understanding what your goals are and why do you want them? Have that, understand with, you got to earn it.
1: Without and then, goals, without goals, how do you even know where you're going? And without a plan, a plan is nothing more than, hey, you use GPS when you're in your car. Yeah. How, so what's are, you the getting, next how are you getting to where you want to be? In other words, you got to come up with a plan and follow it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Try. Take the yeah. steps. And learn, because the more steps you take, that's why I call it dancing. Because you you're in the discomfort zone, and you're learning, and you're bobbing, and, and you're weaving.
1: It's like jujitsu. The difference between a black belt and a white belt is a million taps. Okay, so mm. tap failure sometimes is your greatest teacher. Okay, there's nothing wrong with failing. You know, like it's, it's like I always tell people with with training, embrace the suck. Mm. Life sucks. Yeah. Sooner you get used to that idea. It's one of the things I always loved about the boot they believe life is suffering it's the one constant so enjoy the happiness while you have
0: i have no more words phil you are awesome i'm gonna come down to lexington <laughs> lexington bjj and there you have it phil dunlap so much input on embracing discomfort and dancing in the discomfort zone what a blast what a ride check him out and uh and get out there, and make those goals. And, and if you hit an obstacle, don't give up on the goal. Say, you know what? Okay, that plan wasn't good. Not the goal, maybe, but the plan. And how do I shift the plan, adjust to this new
1: premium.